this week on the National Basketball Association version of Lighting Money on Fire. Jimmy Butler, it's official. He's no longer a Timberwolf. He is a 76er, and we're going to talk about all the ways that impacts everything in the NBA. Also, Carmelo Anthony, soon to be a not-rocket. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff right now on Letting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, I... Um I had set the the line at November eighteenth for when he would get traded, and the under came mm. in hard. Hard. Yeah, November Heard. November twelfth or eleventh. I think it was eleventh. Whatever. Yeah, it came in real fast. Apparently, they they lost their fifth game in a row. Jimmy Butler played forty one minutes. He gave an interview where he said, and I quote, "This has got to fucking stop." Wow. Because he didn't like playing that many minutes, and uh, having lost the fifth game in a row, Tibbs was done. And apparently he decided Jimmy Butler was not going to play any more games in a Timberwolf uniform and traded him almost immediately to the 76ers. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, let's uh, review last week's bets. We only had one, which did not go well, as the NBA bets never do. No, they don't. Yeah, we bet the Bulls. We bet the money line, which, you know. I mean, if you're going to bet, I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't know. But the Bulls going to New Orleans, playing the Pelicans. They were plus 404 on the money line, but they lost. Because, they sure did. Because they're bad. They, I don't think it was too close. No, it wasn't. No. So so at least we have that. So we lit a little bit of money on fire there, which is great, because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, we're supposed to lose, so we, we're doing great. That's, yeah. That's the intention. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. Um, I mean, Zach Levine looks pretty good this year, but whatever. He's scoring like a house of fire. A house of fire. A house of fire. No, you made a word up. House of fire. House of fire. Like a pacifier. The rock movie? Actually, yes. Also, the tooth fairy. Maybe was the past. No, the pacifier was Vin Diesel. Yes, it was. The tooth fairy was the rock. Yeah, that's right. Boy, those movies did not do well. But those guys ended up on their feet. They did okay, didn't they? Yeah. They did okay. That's true. All right, so let's talk about Jimmy Butler. That's what Good. everybody wants to hear about. Am I right? I'm excited to talk about Jimmy Butler. A lot right. happened here. Question number one. So first of all, he was traded for Dario Saric. Yep. Robert Covington and a second round pick. Second round pick is pretty much meaningless. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so really it's Saric and Covington for Jimmy Butler. First question of many. Was this reasonable value for Jimmy Butler considering all the situation? Obviously, it's, if you're just trading Jimmy Butler straight up with nothing else going on in a vacuum, this is a terrible deal, right? Yeah, I think if it was a first round pick, it might be an okay deal even in a vacuum. Uh, first round and Sarge and Covington. Like a Sixers first round pick? No, it's be it would like have, a to be a better, it'd have to be a better than that yeah. first round pick. The Sixers do have, I think, the Miami unprotected 2021 pick. That could have been That would have been reasonable. There. See, you throw that pick in there, I suddenly get excited about this deal from Minnesota's point of view, but I am not excited at all based on what's up with Minnesota and getting just back Sarich and Well, Minnesota is a trash fire kind of because of Jimmy Butler, right? Like, he's a big, big reason for that. Well, yes and no. I mean, yes... But before he got there, they also were a trash fire. Let's not forget, they were winning 30 games a year before he got there, right? And then they were good when he got there. They've only ever been good, really, with Jimmy on the team, at least this incarnation of them. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's important, I think, to say. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. So let's talk about what they got back. They got Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Yeah. Covington, who was kind of like a D-League star who became an NBA starter. Yep, picked up off the scrap heap by Sam Henke. Is a legit 3 and D player. Yep. But not a dynamic player, just a legit 3 and D player. Right. A perfectly, like, fine starter at wing in the league, but not going to win you championships. Right. But a perfectly good role player, like the 15th or 16th best, you know, 3 in the game. I think he's like a, fine. a little bit of a better version of Trevor Ariza. It's kind of how I think of him. Yeah, I think they're pretty comparable anyway. I, I might even prefer a reason, but whatever. They're super close. Yeah, so he's like, you know, a reasonable piece. Yeah. Saric is the more interesting piece because he's younger and he's the one with potential. He's got yes. upside because Covington's reached his potential, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Covington's he's really surprised if he gets significantly better at this point. For Saric sure. has had a disappointing year so far compared to his previous years. Mm-hmm. This year, he's averaging 11.1 points, 6.6 rebounds. Two assists, only shooting 36% from the floor, 30% from three, 90 from the line. 
and he's got at point two win shares, which is not very good for his career. Yeah, for his career, he's averaging thirteen and a half, six and a half points, two point four assists, forty three percent from the field, thirty five percent from three, and uh, seven point eight win shares. What did he do last year? Last year he did. Let's take a look. He played in seventy eight games, almost thirty minutes a game, forty five percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, five three-point attempts per game, shooting 39% from three last year. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. He had 86% from the line, 6.7 boards, 2.6 assists, okay. not much as far as steals and blocks. Pretty efficient player. In Something general. like 14 points a game. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Uh, he's young, so he still can improve quite a bit. Yeah. So he's kind of the centerpiece from Minnesota's perspective, I would think, as like the hope of maybe getting something out of this deal. I mean, sure, he'll be a he's a reasonable starter. Yeah. Both of these guys are reasonable starters. Sarge could be more than that, but he's never going to be a top twenty-five player in the league. No, you know? I don't think so. He's never going to be a top forty player in the league, most likely. It's I think his upside is around there. You know, fortieth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it means most likely he's not going to hit his you know the peak. Right. So I mean. The thing, the thing that sucks for the Timberwolves is they didn't get any massive upside. Right. That's I, that's I hate this deal for them because of that. They did perfectly fine because Tibbs is trying to win right now, of course. Yeah. So since he's trying to win right now, because he's going to be fired at the end of the year, let's be clear, um, if not before then. So since he's trying to win right now and save his job and all that, these are the kinds of moves he's making instead of pushing for the Miami unprotected 2021 pick, which makes so much more sense for this Timberwolves team. Yeah. Maybe Sarich is a, at least a young piece. These guys are at least young, right? So maybe Covington, he's not that Covington's bad. like 28. Yeah, okay. Sarch is a young piece who can grow. Yeah, okay. And you put him with Wiggins. Maybe he can be the third best player on this team, and that's okay. Yeah. But unless Wiggins gets good, I mean, right now Sarge is probably the second best player on the team, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Because Wiggins is so bad. Unless Covington's the second best player. Yeah, I think it's Sarge, though. I know Sarge is having a bad year, but he was so much better than Wiggins last year. You mean than Covington? Uh, than Covington. Well, and Wiggins, but yeah. I meant Covington. You're right. Yeah, he was pretty good last year. So, yeah, I mean, there's upside there, but it's not huge upside. It's not huge upside. You're not, I mean, look at the West. What's, what's Minnesota's best case scenario three years from now? Assuming they keep all these players and everything stays the same. What's Town, their, Towns has to take a leap for their best case scenario. Major to leap. Everyone has to take a leap, basically, yeah. right? Like Sarich and Wiggins also have to take leaps. Derrick Rose keeps scoring 50 points every game. And never gets old. Yeah. Um, and, and let's say everyone takes leaps. What where do they slot in the league? Like what where they might be the fifth best team in the Western Conference at that point? Maybe they're even better than that. Maybe maybe they're the top three team, but they're are they a title contender? I mean, we need massive leaps from like Wiggins is not that's not happening for Wiggins and that's not happening for Saric. So like they can both take somewhat of leaps, but like Wiggins is never gonna be a top thirty player. Doesn't seem like it. And Saric, as we just said, we think his peak is top forty. I will say Towns could still make huge leaps forward and could be a top five guy. Could Wiggins not take an Oladipo type leap? I mean, I guess Oladipo did pull it off. That's right. fair. Like Oladipo was about Wiggins before his leap, right? No, he was better than that. Are you sure? Olad- yeah. Oladipo was, um, was like an average starting shooting guard in the league before his leap. Like when he was on uh, Oklahoma City, he was like an average two. And the thing is, they just signed him to like a $25 million a year deal for four years, and it was they were paying him too much, so yeah. they were happy to get out from under that deal. I mean, Wiggins is worse than that and is getting paid more than that. So that's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, Wiggins is kind of bad. If Wiggins was getting like $9 million a year, he's still, I think, a little overpaid, but at least okay. But he's like destroying your team in 12 different ways right now. It's real Real problematic. But yeah. let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler. Let's talk about the other side of it. Well, I want to talk about one more thing from oh, okay. the Minnesota side first. Sure. Should they have tried to get Fultz instead of Saric? Because obviously Fultz is way worse than Saric right now, but like just give him a shot for the future. You know, something. I absolutely would have been doing that if it was me. But I understand for two reasons why they wouldn't. One is they're trying to win now. But yeah. two... I mean, I, you, I've gone on record on this show saying I don't think Fultz is ever going to make it, really make it. He's yeah. never going to be a star. Um, all I do, I mean, as a Celtics fan, I take great glee in watching Fultz fail because we were supposed to take Fultz and somehow we, somehow we dodged it. Um, and man, it's not hard to find examples of Fultz failing every single night. Correct. Every single night. Like, I sent you a video last night of uh, him shooting a free throw, which is the weirdest free throw I've ever seen. Yeah, it's weird. I think literally in my entire life, and I played at all levels. of. I played, you know, JV, 
you know, in varsity high school basketball, I played, you know, in college at the division three level. Anyway, I've watched basketball at all levels. I've never seen anyone shoot a free throw like that. Now, something weird happened. Clearly, he doesn't normally shoot like that. We did this weird double pump weird thing. But still, when you put that in the basket of all the other weird things that are going on with him in his shooting form and just who he's supposed to be versus who he is, it's some weird shit. I still would have rather had faults, though. Because of the upside. Because what the hell? He was great in college a year and a half ago, and it was only he's still very young, and I don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia with that kid, but maybe you get him away from there. Maybe you can salvage this. I'd rather do that than Sarich, who's never going to be great. Yeah. I don't think Fultz is going to be great either, but Fultz could be great. Like, Sarge can't be great. Like, Sarge can't be Luka Doncic. Doncic can be a star in this league, clearly. Yeah. He basically is a star in this league. Yeah. Doncic can be an MVP. Yeah. Like, Sarge just can't be, right? right? Fultz, if everything were to go right from this moment forward, could be an MVP still. I mean, it's, ne- it's never going to happen. <laughs> no. But, like, give me a guy who's got the upside of an MVP then, rather than a guy whose upside is, like, a really good starter on your team if I have to pick one of those guys to trade for, and I'm the Timberwolves specifically. I kind of hope Fultz makes it and is an MVP candidate. Yeah. What a great story that would be. It would be an outrageous story. And it yeah. would really, it's sort of, the problem is it belies everything that we know about Fultz so far, which is that that kid is as weak mentally as we've really seen an NBA player be. Yeah. You know, like, wow, that kid's just a scramble of, you know, emotion as far as I can tell. Yeah. And it's, it's just a real problem. It is a problem. I mean, the, the amount of times the Sixers have said he's injured or he isn't injured is bizarre. Like, the amount of contradictions that have gone into that is insane. But the good news for the Sixers is it's no longer that big a deal. It's been a problem. They've been starting him because yeah. they're trying to force feed, you know, Fultz to be better. And so that way, maybe it can all work out. Like, Brett Brown's just sort of like, well, maybe this will work. But now, now they have Jimmy Butler. And everything's better. Things are different. One last question about Minnesota. Yeah. Do you think they have any chance to make the playoffs this year? I think they have a chance to make the playoffs, yes. I think they can still sneak in as like an eight seed if things go really well. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it, but I could, I could see how it could happen for sure. Yeah. Towns is just a very good player, so. Sure, and they got back two good starters yeah. on a team that could use that. And, I mean, I expect Sarge will play better. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I mean, Derrick Rose is playing well right now anyway. I don't expect that to go on. I mean, we can't on, really but... expect Derrick Rose to be a thing. <laughs> no, but he's had more than one good game now. So, yeah. maybe. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I think, I think yeah, the, the seven or eight seed's possible at least. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's talk about the fun part. Yeah. The 76ers. Let's go. Are they favorites in the Eastern Conference now with Jimmy Butler on the team? <sighs> Yesterday, I said they were. I think they were the best team in the East. I feel like I should hedge that and say maybe it's still Toronto. It's super close now. They go from being the third or fourth best team in the East to the first or second best team in the East right now. I think they're probably the best team. They have the most talent. Absolutely. But they don't have the best player, and they significantly don't for two. Like, Kawhi's better, and Giannis is better. Yes. And that matters in these things sometimes. Yeah. Now, Embiid is so good and Butler's so good. Maybe it, maybe it's okay. I mean, Embiid is a fucking monster this yeah. year. He's a beast yeah. in a good way. They are super thin, though, besides their big guys now. Like, they don't have much else on that team anymore. But those three guys, Simmons, Embiid, and Butler, yeah. that's kind of insane to have on the same team at the same time. I mean, we're going to find out how insane it is starting tomorrow, I think. Or I guess tonight. So their optimal lineup out. is going to be those three guys, J.J. Redick, and who else? Um, good question. These days, it's not T.J. McConnell, right? It might be. Maybe it's T.J. McConnell. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that question as of now. So they traded away um, those two guys, right? They traded away yeah. Covington. They traded Sarge. So here's where they started. They started oh, maybe it's Wilson Chandler, actually. Oh, Wilson Chandler. Yeah. Then they don't, I guess Simmons just plays the point guard, and you just deal with the point guard defensively with Jimmy Butler? Mostly. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the size of the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Simmons, Butler, probably Butler. Um, Butler though probably takes the best wing though too. Yeah. So depending just whoever's the most the best offensive player on the other team, he just takes from the one, two, or three. How probably. insane is this team defensively now? Just yeah. put those three guys on the court. How are yeah. you going to score? I mean, it's going to be really weird. I mean, having JJ Redick is such a godsend for this team. Yeah, right. They need that kid to just be him his normal self because he's going to provide gravity for them 
um, and open up things for Embiid, I think specifically in the post that just otherwise wouldn't exist, you know, cause it's going to be so easy to collapse off Ben Simmons right now. Like the thing is, so Ben Simmons has not been having a good year for him. He's been having a good year, but man, he like, it's easy to make fun of Markel Fultz because Fultz, you know, never shoots and stuff like that. Simmons has not taken a three point shot this season. Yeah. It's been 14 games. He's playing 32 and a half minutes a game. Not a single three-pointer all season. That's really nuts. Now, he didn't take any last year either. He took one, I think, basically all last season. Um, he takes a few heaves, and that's it. But it's a little weird. And on this team, when Fultz was playing, it was a real problem. It's going to be less of a problem now. Jimmy Butler can shoot threes. He can. He's not, a, he's not like a spot-up J.J. Redick type guy, but he's absolutely fine at shooting threes and will provide a little stretching of the floor, which they need. Here's some uh, Jimmy Butler stats from last year. Cool played in 59 games because he was injured for a little bit. Um, 22.2 points. He had only 1.8 turnovers per game, which is great. Two steals per game, 4.9 assists, 5.3 rebounds, 85% from the line, 35% from three, uh, 50% from two. And great wing defense. Amazing wing defense, yeah. He's one of the best two-way players in the game. There's like five guys who are great on offense and defense. He's one of them. Yeah. Um, He's a big deal to add to this team for sure. And I love this, this move by the Sixers. It's great. I yeah. love it. He's not on the timeline with the other guys, but that's okay. You have to live with that. Yeah. The other guys are young enough and are good enough that it's, it sort of doesn't matter. Like, their time can be now and in the future for Simmons and Embiid, right? Yeah. Like, they can be great for the next 12 years. Right. Butler's going to be good for the next three or four years. Yeah. That's all. Butler's 29. He's going to sign almost certainly a, like a five-year, $190 million deal with Philly unless things go very poorly this season. Right. And that deal is going to be problematic in years like three and four, certainly year four. But so what? Like their time starts now. The process, as I've read in many places, is over. And it's winning time. Yep. Right? Like... They are a legit title contender right now. I don't think they can beat Golden State. Embiid is playing his mind out of the world. Is that a thing? I think that's what people say. But they may not have to beat Golden State to be able to win titles because I'm not sure Golden State's going to be together after this season. I think that team's going to get broken up as soon as the end of this year. So Philly can just... So Philly might be the best team in the East next year for sure and could really be the best team in the East for the next three or four years until Butler loses some of his greatness. And that's assuming Simmons and Embiid don't take massive leaps forward or they don't get lucky and add another piece that works out for them. So, or Fultz, by the way, Fultz could still work out. It's possible. Now, there are other contenders in the East that are very good. Toronto's only going to be good for a little while, right? Because Kyle yeah, Lowry's no, so old. they're not going to be good for very long. And they only have two. Now, they've got young players around Kawhi, but without Lowry, they're going to be in trouble. So, but for the next three years anyway, they can be a legit threat. The Celtics are going to be a consistent issue for the 76ers all the way through, right? Yeah. Um, and probably the Bucks are going to be a consistent thing. Giannis might just be the best player in the world. Right. And Middleton's really good. Yeah. Um, but that said, I mean, I think the Sixers are clearly better than Milwaukee and are right now they're better than Boston because Boston's been struggling. I think by February that probably won't be the case, but I don't think Boston's clearly better than the Sixers are. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, Boston doesn't have the level of talent now that, that Philadelphia has, I would argue. Boston has a depth that Philly doesn't have Boston at all. has excellent depth compared to Philly, but the top three players, Boston cannot match. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. No question about it. Um, for that, for Boston to have that all work out is they need Tatum to take a massive leap forward, yeah. which probably will happen at some point. I'm very optimistic, but isn't happening this year. Like, he struggled this year. He finally had a really good game against Portland, but one good game in enough. Like he's yeah. supposed to be doing it every night. If, it, that, if we're talking leap forward, he's nowhere close to that. Three years from now, I expect he's going to be a, like a monster. But, you know, that's three years from now. Maybe, maybe even next year, maybe. But right now, I completely agree with you. At like him same- and Kyrie, like you need Tatum to be a, like a top 12, 13, 14 player and Kyrie to be what he is right now. Yeah. And then there, then we can talk and about the Celtics. And you need Simmons not to just be way better yeah. also. Because Simmons might just be incredible. Simmons can find a jump shot. Like, yeah. oh my God. Uh, but the Celtics do have unbelievable depth. And also more, more reinforcements coming in. Let's not forget, they've still got the Kings pick. And while the Kings are 7-5 and five right now, 
they have, you know, they've been outscored on the season. They're yeah. going to have a losing record. They're prob- they're a lottery team. So they're going to add that pick. They're probably going to add a Memphis pick either this year or in the next few years also that should be either lottery or mid-round. They're going to be able to add some more reinforcements to a team that already has really good youth and depth. Um, Gordon Hayward has been bad all year. Yep. But I believe at some point he's going to get it together too. And maybe, maybe hopefully this year as a Celtics fan, but somewhere down the line. So that, that's going to be another big talented piece they should be able to add without having to do anything. I think that's going to help them too. So I'm not sure anymore. I think this is such a huge leap forward for Philly that in my mind, the Celtics were clearly ahead of Philly this year and going forward. And unless Ben Simmons took a massive, like right. I figured out how to shoot threes type thing. And that's no longer the case. Now to me, they're pretty much on even footing because of the Celtics depth and probably advantage in coaching. And GMing, honestly. And an advantage in the postseason to, to Philly, though, I would think, with be- like just having better players for the postseason. Um, yeah, I guess that's probably true. Uh, Philly can't really withstand injuries the way the Celtics can withstand true. injuries. Like, Celtics have proven that last year, even. Like, but if we go in healthy versus healthy yeah. in a seven-game series where you're playing your starters more minutes, Celt- the Celtics that helps, are probably that helps at a Philly. disadvantage there. That helps Philly for sure. Yeah. No question about it. I'm still not sure who I pick in a seven-game series, but we don't have to figure that out. We get to see how Philly plays and yeah. how the Celtics play for the next six months first. So we'll, we'll worry about that when, when it happens. I'll say this. There are going to be some really upset Eastern Conference teams come the end of the second round because two of the four, two of Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, and Philly will not make the Eastern Conference finals, right. which is kind of bananas. Eastern Conference just got a lot harder. The Eastern Conference has been easy for the entire time LeBron's been here, basically. Yeah. LeBron leaves, and immediately Kawhi gets here. Jimmy Butler gets here. The Celtics get Gordon Hayward and get a lot better. Giannis grows up. Like, all this stuff just happens really quickly, and suddenly the East is tough. Good timing by LeBron. I mean, the West is tough, too, but the East is finally hard. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Now, they're not as good as, you know, Golden State. But besides Golden State, I think the best teams in the East pretty much match up with the best teams in the West. Yeah. Seems that way. Yeah. Um, so one thing I read was a hot take on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. But he was saying the underlooked thing about this Jimmy Butler trade to the Sixers is that throughout the last year and this year when they've kind of been coming into their own, they have never had a guy who can just take over the game at the end of the game in ISO situations and find his own right. shot. And Jimmy Butler is that guy. Yes. He's going to matter in late game scenario. Yeah, that's really good. Because Ben Simmons, I mean, the Celtics... Yeah. I think I heard Chris Ryan say this. The Celtics schemed Ben Simmons to the bench last year in the playoffs. Right. Where they're just like, go ahead. We're just going to back the hell off you and let you do what you want. And he couldn't, like, find anything. And so they they were going with TJ McConnell instead of Ben Simmons at times, which is kind of bananas, right? Yes. Um, So having Jimmy Butler really helps them. And Jimmy Butler is, you know, this super intense guy. I mean... I'm not sure chemistry-wise how this is all going to work out. Yeah, we'll see, because Embiid is also a bit of a head case. Yep, and Jimmy Butler's the guy who yells at everyone and gets on people. How's Markel Fultz going to do with that? Yeah, we'll see. Like, he might be the end of Markel Fultz. He and might. I don't mean, like, career-wise, like, meaning his career in Philadelphia, but I mean in terms of if he has any chance at all of making it in the world. You know how... Um, who what, Was it Muggsy Bogues who Michael Jordan said that to? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So Muggy, they were in the playoffs, and Muggsy Bogues had had a long and storied career and been really good, and it was a big shot in the playoffs. Like, you know, there was like 30 seconds left or something like that, and Muggsy Bogues was open, and Jordan said, shoot it, you fucking midget. And then he stepped back and let him take the shot. Muggsy right? Bogues missed the shot, and Muggsy says that has affected him. And, like, ever since then, he was not the same player. Now, that's sort of crazy and that's weird. That's an extreme example. But Markel Fultz is the kind of guy who can be broken like that. And yeah. Jimmy Butler's the kind of guy to do the breaking. <laughs> yeah. So that may be a thing. That might that be, may be a thing. really a thing where, the, like, whatever value Markel, future value Markel Fultz holds, it may really, I mean, extra may not be in Philadelphia. Now, maybe it'll go the other way and Jimmy will somehow push him to greatness. But I don't think so, man. Markel Fultz is soft. <laughs> He just might be. Yeah. I am very excited to watch some Sixers games and see how this works. Yeah. Now, I had, I want to switch topics for a second anyway. So we were talking about uh, Philly and how good they can be. And I was saying, like, the Golden State is the best team, though. Yeah. But I also said this may be the last year of Golden State being around. You did. Something happened. And I'd like to uh, just quote Adrian, Adrian Wojnarowski here. He tweeted, Late game exchange between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green carried into locker room Monday night 
with teammates loudly confronting Green for decision-making on final play of regulation, seen described as one of the most intense of this Golden State era. Yeah, that's not good. That is bad. Now, this is, of course, last night they were playing against the Clippers, and uh, Draymond Green, I, I think, uh, had a turnover at the end where he passed the ball poorly, or didn't pass the ball, but turned it over, and Kevin Durant was yelling at him in the huddle afterward, just pass the ball, man, and then it turned into a thing into the locker room. So Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, and yeah. he's widely expected... Well, not I shouldn't say this. He's actually said he's probably staying... No, Clay has said he's saying. Durant is widely expected to probably leave, right? Yeah, he's going to go try to win in New York or something. Yeah, like enough. Like he's he sort of said he's sick of taking like discounts and things like that. So he's going to want to get the full load of money. I think he's probably going to go somewhere else and that'll be the end of Golden State. And suddenly the playoffs will, will be available again. The championship will be, you know. Golden State will still be good, but they won't be this dominant. Right. I mean, they still could be the team that won 73 games because yeah. they did that without him. But Draymond's older and not as good. Draymond has taken a huge step off. Yeah. Curry has really found himself this year and is right now, I think, leading the MVP. He's been great. Race. He's been amazing. Yeah. Um, Clay is Clay. He's been struggling most of the year, but we're, I'm not really worried has about Clay Has some big Thompson games here and there. Yeah. He's a free agent, too, but he's basically said he's staying. Yeah. So Golden State will be very, very good, but Cleveland beat them. So... We have to believe a much more talented team, which there are going to be all over the place, can beat them as well. By the way, they almost lost last year to Houston. Probably should have lost last yeah, year. I'm playoffs. ready for, for Kevin Durant to leave. Yeah. Because I'm tired of that shit. I was tired of it the moment he arrived. I yeah. thought it was really a terrible thing due to the NBA. And as we see, they haven't lost the title since. The NBA, while being very interesting, is not. they're not interesting because Golden State is so dominant. They're interesting because everyone else is trying anyway. You know, like... Philly's making this deal. The boss had loaded up. Houston loaded up. Everyone's trying to beat them. It's cool to watch them try, but Golden State's just too good, and they're going to keep being too good. Yeah, So not if KD leaves. Get out of town, baby. Let's go. Enough. I don't uh, care. I'd rather have KD go to the Lakers and join LeBron than stay in Golden State. That Fine. Great. Anywhere else. Where, where could he go that would be a problem that's, that's somehow worse than Golden State? There isn't a team, right? I mean, if he goes to the Sixers and they don't have to give up anything. Okay, that's true. They will, by the way, have a max slot available. Yeah. What if he goes to the Sixers? I would be very upset as a Celtics fan and just as an NBA fan. The Sixers are the Warriors then, right? They're basically like unbeatable if they have those four guys. It seems like they're probably unbeatable if they have those four guys. Yeah. I don't see how they could be beaten. Now, they wouldn't be as top-end good as the Warriors have been, but they would be still the best team in the league. Yeah. And it would be hard to imagine them losing. Yeah. Ben Simmons would not be needed to do anything at all except get rebounds and assists and dunk occasionally. And play good defense, yeah. which he does. Yeah. Yeah. That would be crazy. That would be outrageous. Uh, so if, okay, so if Katie does go to the Knicks, yeah. let's say he does. Which seems like the most likely place he's going to end up. Yeah. And, um, and Porzingis is healthy. Yeah. Are they the fifth team in the conversation in the East all of a sudden? No. You don't think so? Porzingis has to be a lot more than healthy. He has yeah. to take a major step forward, too. And coming off a torn ACL, and he's not even... Apparently, he is running. He, uh, Fizdale, the coach, said he's not. He's doing light jogging and no hard running. And then, like an hour later, Porzingis tweeted out video of him sprinting. Hmm. So, by the way, that does not go over well in like front offices. Yeah. They don't like it when the player's doing more than they think he's doing as he's coming back from a major injury, right. especially when he's the unicorn guy who is like super special and all that. Yeah. Um, but I think I would guess Porzingis is a long way off from being all the way back. And he needs to be more than just all the way back for them to be a true contender. Right. If he is what he was for the first 20 games last year, when he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. And Katie's there. That would be really good. They're a contender then in the East. Yeah. They're an Eastern contender. And yeah. I guess if Golden State, if KD's yeah. not a Golden State, I don't think they could probably beat Golden State. I don't think that team's good enough to beat Golden State unless they add another piece or two. Yeah. And I don't know if they would be able to add another piece or two or what that Kevin piece Kevin Knox be. takes a big leap. I don't know. Sure. Why not? Why not? I mean, I will say this. Stars get traded on the regular now in the NBA, and they almost always get traded for less than I think they should go for. It happens every year. Jimmy Butler. Boogie Cousins. Yeah. I thought Kyrie, the Celtics actually paid a reasonable price for Kyrie, but looking back, they got him. It was a complete steal. Yeah. Now that's because the Brooklyn pick ended up being the eighth overall pick and not a top three pick. Right. That's because Isaiah was hurt. Now the Celtics kind of knew that Isaiah was hurt though. So, but I, as a fan, we didn't, I didn't really know he was, he was so badly hurt that it would ruin his season. I thought he was going to be able to 
come back right. and be Isaiah again. Um, but it's hard to think of the last time a star was traded and the team, like it wasn't a steal, you know, for the, for the team receiving the star. Like it seems like it's just always a big win for the team getting the star. As far back as the Harden trade, like they just always, you just always win if you get the, the great player, it seems. Yeah, because there's only five players on the court, you know? Yeah, and there's only like, you know, 15 or 20 really great players in the league yeah. who really make a difference and can win you stuff. Kevin Durant is certainly one of them. Yeah, he certainly is. He's, you know, at any moment, he's in the top three of pretty much anyone's, you know, who's, who are the best players yeah. in the league list for the last, what, eight years, basically since he's been in the league. Yeah. Well, I am ready for the Warriors to implode. I am prepared for that. Yeah, it was a cool story at first, but adding Durant really soured me and a lot of people on the whole Warriors yeah, I, thing. Yeah, I remember when they were first good, it kind of felt like the upstart hero type yeah. team, and now they're the evil team. Well, they built it from within, and it was awesome. And then yeah. adding the second best player when they had just won 73 games the year before seemed just, what's the point of this? Why are we even having the season then? And they have not lost since. Yeah. You know, and it's like, feels dumb. It just yeah. feels dumb. Like, it's not competitive. I mean, it is, but it's not as competitive as we want it to be, right? We, want, we don't want to know who's going to win the title before the season starts every year in the NBA. Some years that's unavoidable, right. but this was completely avoidable. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't have happened. And I blame Durant. Sure. Like, I blame Durant. For t- have, title hunting? Yeah. Like, you're the second best player like, in, in the league. You're one of the best players of all time. You shouldn't be title hunting at age, like, 28. Like, come on. Do better. <laughs> well, you know, it's, they, they might not win it this year, you know? Like, it's possible. They're going to win this year. They probably are, but they almost didn't last year, and you were so sure last year, too. That's true. That's true. But they're going to win this year. <laughs> right. I mean, but, like, you say it with so much sureness, but they really should have lost that Rocket series. They should have. I agree. They didn't. They didn't anyway. And, by the way, they were beat up. Like, everybody, all four guys were hurt, and they still won the Rocket series. Now, Chris Paul didn't play the last two games. Yeah. But so they so the Rockets were hurt too. But I'm just saying, like Steph Curry was hurt all postseason. Uh, Dre was a little was nicked up. Clay was nicked up. They all missed games, you know, coming into uh, the playoffs. And and Curry was clearly not himself. He's finally he's clearly is healthy now though. And wow, yeah, he looks good. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, barring injury, if they're all healthy, no one has a chance. If they're not healthy, absolutely, they could lose. All right. Well, let's let's talk about other stars on the move. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, superstar. Oh, yeah. Let's One of those guys Carmelo. who changes your team um, for the worse. I mean, he does change your team. He makes them worse. Uh, so, yeah, the Rockets apparently are done with him after a very short time. They're yeah. like, yeah, never mind. This guy is terrible. Uh, <laughs> this year, Carmelo Anthony is shooting only 68% from the line, which is horrible for him. 33% from three, 40% field goals, 13.4 points, 5.4 rebounds half an assist. So kind of gobs up the offense does not move the ball at all and has been a very bad advanced statistics minus. Yeah. So they're done with him. Should he be in the league anymore? <laughs> That's my question. He should probably be in the league. First of all, I just can't let this go. 68% from the line. He's taken 2.2. He's taken 22 free throws on the season. Okay. So, like, that doesn't mean anything, 68%. Fine. He's 15 for 22. But so his like, numbers whatever. are down across the board compared yes. to even his normal inefficient numbers. Well, yeah, the last two years. Since he, since he left New York, where he wasn't the man, his numbers are down and are not pretty. He's shooting under 41% each of the last two years. I mean, here's my biggest question about Carmelo. If his name wasn't Carmelo Anthony, he wasn't taken third overall in the draft, and he hadn't won a title with Syracuse's freshman year and all that kind of stuff, he wasn't placed in a situation where he was, like, the volume shooter on all these teams, which he was until the last two years. He was decent on the Nuggets, right, when he first came in the league? I mean, defined decent. Like, he was a usable, good starter. Yeah, sure. He's been a usable, good starter for most of his career because he can score. But he's always been a low-efficiency player, sometimes more than others. Like, I mean, he had two years where he shot really well from three, and that's a little bit better. But mostly he's been a low-efficiency player. Like, he, he run rookie of the year with Denver. He shot 42.5% from the field and 32% from three, and scored, but scored 21 points a game. And that sort of was Carmelo. Now, he shot better and scored more, but he shot a lot and inefficiently and never did anything else super well. Didn't play defense super well. Rebounded not bad. Got like six, 
He averaged six and a half rebounds a game for his career. That's pretty good, but it's not special No, for a small forward. It's just pretty good. You know, he got three assists a game. That's like pretty much league average for a starter at the small forward position. You know, he shot 81% from free throws. Pretty good, but not amazing. 35% from three, 45% from two. He just took a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Now, he could get his shot off, which is valuable. Yeah. But I wonder when I, and I, I'm going to use a Celtics example here because I see this a lot. Marcus Morris can get his shot off too anytime he wants. Yeah. A guy's covering, he can still get a shot off and he does. He doesn't shoot super well, but he can always get a reasonable look off from his point of view. How different are these guys really? I would much rather have Marcus Morris. Wow. Now, you don't, do you mean now or do you mean for their careers? Oh, for now. Well, now, of course, you'd rather yeah, Mark. Yeah. I'm talking about for their careers. Oh, for their careers. Morris at least plays defense. I don't know. That Morris, helps. Is a, Morris is a really good defender. Right. I don't know. It's possible you want Mar- Morris more. This is what I'm wondering out loud, which, is, which goes against so much about what you know, people think about Carmelo, where they think of him as a superstar. Like a Hall of Famer, which he will yeah, be. Yeah, like he's going to make a Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame because he has four gold medals. Yeah. And I guess because he averaged 24 points a game and because we still... Still value points over efficiency right now, although much less yeah. than we used to. But still, the Carmelo thing is proof that we still are sort of valuing the wrong stuff, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, has Carmelo ever helped his team? He must have had a few years where he helped, where he was a, a net positive, right? I he imagine, sh- yeah. He shot uh, 40% from three and 27 points a game with New York in 2013-14. That's pretty good. Shot 42.5% from three, scored 26 points. Uh, per game for New York, his first year in New York, 2010, 2011. That's pretty good. But I don't know that he's really helped this team considering his lack of defense, his inefficient and volume shooting. I don't know, man. I'm not convinced. Neither am I. Has he ever been a player that would help you win? Maybe a few years out of his, you know, many out of his 1,064 games that he's played. Maybe there were a few seasons in there. That's what I'm questioning. Like, is there a team that he could actually help? Right. Because he didn't help. Like, you'd feel like he'd be a good complimentary piece on a good team like the Rockets. Yeah. But no. He's just bad. Yeah. You'd much rather have Trevor Ariza. Of course, they didn't want to pay Trevor Ariza $15 million. Right, yeah. But you'd much rather have him. No question. Trevor Ariza by a mile and a half. Okay, I'm looking now over the standings and seeing, is there a team? Well, Karis LeVert... For a second last night, looked like he had he was out for the season with an ankle injury. Yeah. So they could have brought in Carmelo to be a guy who you know shoots for them and scores for them. But and he stuff doesn't in do that well anymore. But he's willing to take the shots. <laughs> um, I mean, you're basically talking about a team that's tanking, right? Because a team that's winning doesn't want him. Clearly, Houston turned him down coming off the bench. They don't want him. Uh, so you're looking for a tanking team. What's the point? That doesn't have a uh, a young player who needs the ball a lot at the wing. What would be the point of having him on that team even? Uh, fill the seats. Nobody wants to see Carmelo. Who cares? Uh, if you're on a tanking team, you might, you might be happy to see Carmelo. Like if you're Orlando or something. Cleveland, Orlando. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't care about Orlando. I don't care about Carmelo. I mean, he's from New York. Maybe the Knicks want him back. No. The Knicks want to lose, right? Why not? Why not? Why not New York, baby? <sighs> So the only, the only value he has is to make it so you lose more, is what you're saying. Because he's going to be so inefficient offensively. Yeah. The problem is he's going to have a few nights where he scores like crazy and he's going to win games that you really didn't want to win. <laughs> but overall, he'll help you lose, yeah. So the favorites right now to land Carmelo are the Philadelphia 76ers, yep. which seems like a disaster of an idea. At least they have bench issues. So they have like more... It isn't like he's going to... Who's he going to be taking minutes away from? Yeah. Like, it's not as big a deal, but yeah, continue. And the Portland Trailblazers, who <laughs> pursued Carmelo heavily when he was a free agent coming out of New York. Yeah. Um, didn't get him, thankfully, because I'm a Blazers fan, for those of you who don't listen all the time. I really don't want the Blazers to get him. I really don't. The Blazers have a good thing going, man. They're 10 and 3. Don't bring in fucking Carmelo. <laughs> you, and I, you and I have a bet where I have Blazers under 50. I'm really rooting for Carmelo to be on the Blazers. I'm this sure you time are. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, let's look at Philly because I feel like Philly is a little more of a straightforward yes for both sides. Yeah. Philly yesterday off the bench played Furkan Korkmaz I mean, at he, the wing. I saw him in Summer League. I was in Vegas for Summer League a little bit. He was good in summer league. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're good in summer league, that just means you may have a shot at playing anywhere in the yeah. NBA for at any amount of time. It, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I know. Really. 
Korkmaz this season is averaging nine minutes a game. Just to be clear, 4.3 points. Like they don't have anybody right now at the wing who they feel comfortable with anyway. This is a reasonable guy to bring in. No, he's not. As a bench guy. No, he's not. As a bench guy. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He is a negative no matter where you put him. But if he's replacing other people who are also negatives, it's okay. If he's a, be- if he's a better negative than other negatives, it's He's better. not a better negative. The problem is that he's going to require more of the ball in his hands. He's going to gum up your if offense. If no one else on your offense can score because all I your mean, guys are sitting down. This is down. why you stagger minutes when you have multiple stars. The Sixers tell that have- to Brett Brown, man. Don't tell that to me. The Sixers have three stars. They're not going to play them all at the same time all the time. Stagger those minutes. Get don't stay in on theory, stay on the tarmac, Carmelo. Don't get on the plane. In theory, Carmelo should be getting a lot of wide open mid range shots, right? Which is not really what you care. If he's for. wide open, you'll take it. If he's wide open, sure. He should be getting that, but I'm afraid that that's not how it's going to go. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to wait a moment. He's going to let the defender come right up to him. And he's he's going to take a bunch of dribbles yeah. and take a fade away. And it's going to be. And he's going to hit you know 41 percent of those. And he's going to think he's doing a good job. I strongly believe Carmelo hurts any team he goes to. I mean, I agree with you, um, but sometimes he can hurt. Maybe he's hurting a team less than other players who would be there in his in his stead. I just which is why, which is why I think maybe he's okay in Philly. He might he might also cause locker room problems. I mean, that's part of why they got rid of him for sure, right? In uh, in Houston, yeah, for sure. And remember what he said at OKC: "I'm not willing to come off the bench." That's like, not a perfect quote, but yes, that is basically what he said. Um, well, let's see. Let's just look at who's who's in the rotation for Portland. You know this very clearly, right? Yeah. Who's coming off the bench at the wing position? Well, first case. of all, Jake Lehman is starting at the wing position, Which but he's actually playing pretty weird. well. He's actually playing decently well. Um, Harkless is injured. Mm-hmm. But Maurice Harkless is clearly better than Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> if you're going to pick one. Well, and Harkless plays defense and yeah. will shoot threes and not do anything else, right? Which yeah, is he's fine. just like an efficient, good defender yeah. type player. And uh, then they Evan have Turner, Evan Turner, who's actually playing decently off the bench this year. Boy, his shooting is so brutal. But besides that, he's, he's, a, he's like a good defender and he sets up the offense pretty well. Yeah. He's getting paid way too much. I'd way rather have Evan Turner out there than Carmelo for sure. And Alfred Camino sometimes plays the three, sometimes plays the four. He's quite a good player. I guess Saskas is playing. Saskas is more of a two, but okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, there's enough guys in that rotation that there's no need for Carmelo. I'd much rather have Jake Lehman out there than Carmelo Anthony. I really okay. would. That's fair. Um, would you rather have Caleb Swanigan out there than Carmelo? No, Caleb Swanigan sucks. Okay, cool. Would you rather have Wade Baldwin out there then? I guess Baldwin's a point guard though, right? Yeah, Baldwin's like a two, or like a small two. Okay, so he's not a good example. Yeah. What, what position does Anthony Simmons play? I literally don't know. He's Simons. a point guard and he doesn't play at all. Okay, so it's really just the Caleb Swanigan spot that we're talking about. And he's more of a four or five. He actually plays like small ball center. I mean, Carmelo's kind of a small four, a kind of a stretch four, really, right? No, but Swanigan's like barely even a power forward. He's okay. more of a center. All right. There's no room for him. Bring him in. Let's do this. No. You got to play him, guys. Evan Turner's been a disaster for you. He is. He's way better than Carmelo. You're playing. By the way, I would just like to say you guys did play Myers Leonard 18 minutes in the Celtics. That game. is true. So you guys have some bench issues. Would you rather have Myers Leonard or Carmelo out there on the floor for you? I think Myers Leonard, but man. it's close, right? Yeah. Okay. At least it's close. At this point, too, you guys have some rotation bench issues. Yeah. I mean, the, the issue is just trying to find somebody to pair with Zach Collins in mm-hmm. the um, backups. Yeah. Zach Collins and Nurk playing together has actually been going really well this year. So that's cool. That's cool. But let's get back to Carmelo. I don't want him. I understand. Um, any other places that he could show up, which might be okay? Is there anywhere? Indiana? Oklahoma City? He was just there. <laughs> yeah. Indiana? I don't know. Why, they have an okay thing going there. Back Why up, do you want to ruin back that? Back up Thaddeus Young? I don't know. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony, really not built for this era of basketball. I can't imagine a team that he would make better. No, I can't either. I can't either. It's time to hang it up. Okay. No more Carmelo. Sorry, Carmelo. You done. You done, son. You done. I have a quick question for you unrelated to Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Are the Sacramento Kings for real? They are not for real, sir. I agree. There are only five teams in the Western Conference with a negative point differential, and they are one of them. Now, they, they're, I think they're negative one. Negative one. So they're playing okay. They're playing pretty well, but they're seven and five with a negative one point differential. That's ridiculous. They beat the Spurs uh, as we're recording this on Monday night. They beat them. And Greg, Greg Popovich actually said that 
they're, they're a different team than the old Kings. He was actually impressed with not so much their play even, but sort of the way that they were talking to each other and um, the way they carried themselves and all of that. He noticed it and commented on it. So that says something for sure. Buddy Heald still playing really well, and maybe they've maybe they won the Boogie Cousins straight since Boogie is in Golden State and Buddy Heald's not bad. I forgot about Boogie being in Golden State when we were talking about Golden State. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> Guy that makes me even angrier. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not even starting Bagley, and they're winning anyway because freaking Willie Cauley-Stein is playing well. Obviously, Darren Fox is playing really yeah. well, too. Like, they're doing something over there. They're now, clearly better than we thought. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna. I mean, they're they're seven and five. Or no, now they're eight and six. I think they um they're gonna win like thirty three games or something like that, which for them is a huge step forward. Yeah, Collie Stein averaging sixteen and a half, eight point six boards. Not much in as far as blocking, which I thought he was supposed to be good. He's at. supposed to be an amazing block shot defensive player. So that's weird. Darren Fox's numbers are Darren be. Fox is eighteen point seven points, seven point one assists, and four point four rebounds. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, for a second year player, that's yeah, fantastic. And he gets short dude too, over a steal per game. Yeah, he's not that short. I mean, he's six three. It's like average. These, point. these days, that's kind of small for a starting point guard. No, it is not. Compare him to Lonzo Ball, buddy. Who's taller? Lonzo's taller. Who's taller? Him and Ben Simmons. He's taller than Ben. Simmons. So you take the. He's taller than Ben Simmons. Yeah, ben Simmons five eleven. <laughs> okay. You take the average of those three guys. He's You're right. Under, he's below average. Do you think he's taller or shorter than Kyrie Irving? I'm going to go with maybe an inch taller. No, no, same, same height. He's probably either an inch taller or same height. Yeah. I don't know. How, Kyrie's, I don't know. How, Kyrie seems really tiny. Same height. Okay. Taller or shorter than Damian Lillard. You know how tall Lillard is, but I would guess uh, same height. Same height. Yep. That's so, correct. Those guys seem like normal-sized point guards, right? No, they seem a little small to me, both of them. Really? Yeah, they're just so skilled that they get away with it. Okay. What about Curry? Um, I think Curry's taller than 6'3". You think, you think really? Yeah. That is got to be wrong. Well, you're always right about this. He stuff. is the same height, 6'3". Yes. I'll take that as, a, as close How enough. How is that a win? I'll take it as close enough. You clearly thought Curry was shorter, so I'll take it as a... It seems as, like all the best point guards are 6'3". They're just, well, the reason why they're in the league is because they're so highly skilled. But they're the best point guards, right? I'm just naming three of the best point guards in the league. I mean, Ben Simmons is pretty good. He's not 6'3". Who's better between him and those three players? You take um, I think you would take Ben Simmons over Kyrie. You love Ben Simmons. I would not. Not right now. Oh, no. No. In the really? future. In the so, future. Oh, so where do you rank Ben Simmons and all the players in the, in the league? Because you, you talk about him as a top 15 player. Current? Yeah. Current, I think he's around 18. And where do you put Kyrie? 15, 16, probably. Okay. All right. I never even heard you be that complimentary towards Kyrie. So that feels good. All so, right. So point being, all of the best point guards are six foot three. Including Darren Fox, who is below average size wise. And so are those guys. Because that's a, like, a, that's it. You maybe can't really. The the maybe it's the optimal point guard height. If all these guys are six three. That's not the way to look at it. The point is there's no, like there aren't any shorter point guards than that who start in the league. There aren't any. Let's I mean. Take- I mean, Isaiah Thomas started and did very well as a five foot nine guy. Did so well that he is now like doesn't even play for. How Denver. tall do you think Kemba Walker is? Who's having a great season? I don't know, six two, six one. So I was pretty close. So you were wrong again. <laughs> He's really having a great season. Yeah, it's true. I think you're just wrong. How how tall is Dragic? Dragic is taller, right? He's like Goran six five. Dragic is yeah. he even playing well? He's six three. He is playing well. He is six foot three. So they're all 6'3". Every point guard is 6'3", <laughs> except for Kemba Walker, who is 6'1". And, and Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball, those guys are taller. We know that. Yep. So that's good. I was right about that. Yeah, you totally got who that Who plays one. point for the Cavs? <laughs> Colin Sexton? No, that, I mean... How tall do you think Russell Westbrook is? Surely he's taller than 6'3". He is 6'3". No! Yep. Really? He feels so much taller than Kyrie Irving. Russell Westbrook is 6'3". That can't be right. It is correct. There's, someone's lying. Someone's lying. All right, let's go with a bad point guard or a guy who's up and coming maybe, but okay. is, how tall do you think Dennis Smith Jr. is? Now, you, you, you said that before you looked it up? Yeah. Okay, good. He's, if he's not over 6'3", I'm done. He is 6'3". I'm done. I, <laughs> fine. Everyone's 6'3". I'm very confused. All the point guards are 6'3". Very Except weird. for Kemba Walker, who's 6'1". And Ben Simmons and Lonzo Ball. Yeah. But yes, fine. How tall do you think Kyle Lowry is, by the way? I bet he's under 6'3". Yeah, he's got to be. He's like 6'1". Got to find this out here. It'd be great if he's also 6'3". <laughs> if he's also 6'3", that means there's some statistical conspiracy going on. Yeah, definitely. He's six feet. Yeah, he's short. Yeah. 
So yeah, six three is the optimal height for a Fucking point guard. Midget. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Jordan said that, and I can't believe it worked. None of those things make any sense to me. But Jordan was very competitive. He was very, very competitive. Okay. Um, anything else we want to talk about in the NBA? I want to say, uh oh, because our season long NBA bet of taking the under on the Clippers at thirty six wins does not look great right now. The Clippers are better than I thought. I suppose their defense is actually good. It's super weird. Lou Williams is balling his balls off. They're eight and five. We have what thirty six and a half? Yeah, something like Ugh. that. Not fantastic. That said, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Rockets are all going to play better than they've played. And someone's going to have to take the punches on the face for that. I think that's mostly the Kings, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies. I mean, the Clippers are plus 4.6 points per game. It's really good. It's really, really good. But it's not going to stay that way, I hope, because we have a bet. It's really weird. It's weird without, without any superstar talent on that team. Yeah. Like Tobias Harris is the best player. Gallinari might be the best offensive player. No, Lou Williams is probably the best offensive player. I mean, Harris is averaging the most points, but Gallinari, Lou Williams, and and, uh, Harris are all averaging between 19 and 20 half points a game, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Harris is also averaging nine rebounds a game. And they have the best bench in the league. Their bench unit is like first in everything, Hmm. uh, led by Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, bringing Lou Williams off the bench is sort of like a cheating kind of a thing. But he's actually only playing 26 minutes a game and scoring 19 points. That guy is just... He's a good scorer. Yeah, automatic. Man, yeah. that's pretty cool. And Harrell is a beast, man. Have you seen Harrell play? Uh, not not for a while. He's just kind of... He's like what Kenneth Fareed should have been, kind of. I think of them as being pretty similar. Well, they both have dreadlocks. Is he's, that scoring, he's scoring more than Fareed ever did. Yeah. He's not really rebounding that well, though. He's rebounding well, but not like it's not special, which I would have guessed he'd be doing a little better there. But overall, he's been a nice piece as well. He's also getting two blocks a game, which is pretty good in 23 minutes. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, they got... He's only got, like six foot seven, right? Um, something like he's that. He's probably 6'3". Everybody's 6'3". Well, is he going to start playing point? He should if he's 6'3". He's 6'8", 240. He's taller than Kyrie. Taller than Kyrie, yeah. So that's all you need to know. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Anyway, I don't think the Clippers are going to keep this up, but I don't know if they're going to go under 36 and a half. No, either. I don't think they I are. Don't think, I think the Clippers are going to end up with a losing record, but... I think it's going to be barely losing, and I think we're probably going to lose the bet. They're going to get like 39 wins, and it's going to be sad, sad times. I think you're right. Yeah. Nice job, Doc Rivers, I guess. I guess. Nice trade, probably. The Blake Griffin trade, probably. Probably, although Griffin's had some flashy games this year. Played pretty well overall this season, yeah. But he's expensive. I don't know. It's hard to know. I don't know either. Yeah. All right, that's that. Yep. 